0: Now, fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zuber Radio with guest host Jane Brown.
1: Hello there. Libby is off today. She is back on Thursday. In a few minutes, we'll be talking about the new allegations of assault at St. Michael's College School, so please stay with us for that. First, though, how much do you think the nation pays for your annual health care? In other words, how many taxpayer dollars do you think it takes to provide your personal health care every year? If you heard the news, total health spending is expected to add up to just over $6,800 for each Canadian this year, which is over $200 more per person than what was spent last year. That information is part of a new report just released by the Canadian Institute for Health Information. Michael Hunt is one of the report's authors, and he joins us now on the line. Hi, Michael. Hello, Jane. Let's put that number in perspective. Is it reasonable for the health care we provide to our citizens?
2: Well, I think we never talk in terms of whether it's reasonable or not. We, we're we really a statistical organization, so we talk about the numbers as we spend them. I think in terms of we try to do these things uh, sort of in comparative ways, so we look at other countries in the world to see where we sit in terms of spending uh... in comparison to some of those other countries and uh... i think for us uh... in this country uh, we deliver uh, you a know, significant amount of health care, and it does cost a fair amount of money to do that.
1: I'd like to put that out to our listeners as well. You, the Zoomer radio listener, do you feel that you get $6,800 worth of health care every year? And is that reasonable for your personal health care needs? 416-360-0740, toll free one eight six six 740 4740 You mentioned other countries, Michael. Let's talk about the country that offer similar health care than what we offer in Canada and how much they're spending
2: yeah sure jane we look at uh, we do try to look at there's thirty six other countries in the world we compare to and we actually choose a subset of those countries who deliver health care similarly to what we do in Canada although the of course the, the you know the qualifier is a, every country has a different way of delivering health care but you know, we look at sort of the top end of the spenders within those countries, and uh, the U.S. is uh, consistently there. They spend about $12,000 a person um, on their health care, and, and we sort of fit in the middle. So we look like uh, places like France and the Netherlands. Uh, we probably spend a little more than Australia and United Kingdom, but we're right in the middle, but we're considered in the overall group a relatively high spender.
1: Is that, does that come as a surprise to you that the United States' public health care dollars are much higher per person than here in Canada, given that we have public uh, pharmacare and they don't?
2: I think we're not surprised uh, that the American system uh, spends more uh, on their health care than, than we do per person. We see this as a, uh, a consistent number over time. Uh, not a surprise at all.
1: And tell, uh, explain for us why, because that sort of runs inconsistent to what we think we deliver as nations to our citizens in terms of health care.
2: Well, it's, it's, you know, it's really about system design. So, I mean, there's a large private uh, private sector component to the U.S. system. Certainly, uh, I think on the service side, uh, you know, they deliver, wait times are fairly low, uh, I think, in terms of uh, available services and access though they're very high but again you have to really put that into perspective it does cost a lot of money to have those services in place
1: so just to clarify this is total health spending public and private
2: total health health spending public and private yes
1: all right let's go to the phones get some reaction 416-360-0740 toll free 1-866-740-4740 hi pat pat from toronto on the line go ahead
3: uh, Michael, my understanding is that in Canada we spend about fourteen percent of GDP on health care, and in the US it's about twenty percent. Is that is those numbers tie in with what you understand?
2: Uh yeah, I think they do. Um I think we in Canada we're about eleven percent of our GDP on
3: Oh, on... I, no, the numbers I've seen have certainly been fourteen. But anyway, uh let's not argue. There is a big difference is the point. And I you know, one of the things that hits me if you talk to any Americans, it's the amount of uh, input uh, by those people who are telling you at the insurance company whether you can have this test or that test. There's a lot of uh, non-medical uh, people involved in running their system, and you know certainly that adds a lot of burden and cost. And the other thing is the amount of the bad debts and bankruptcies. Um, I can remember skiing out in uh, Colorado and I heard a guy saying, oh, well, he had had a broken leg and it was a $25,000 bill and he couldn't pay the surgeon. So he was going to have to declare bankruptcy. So, um, you know, there are a lot of costs in the U.S. that don't go towards really towards medicine.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, let's get Michael to comment. Thank you, Pat, for calling in.
2: Sure. You know and I'll you know, I'll start out by saying no one knows what's the best system but, but I think if you begin to add the costs of managed health care that we see in the US there's an overhead and administrative cost to that, there's no question. I
1: think what would be interesting, Michael, is to know of the sixty eight hundred dollars that we each use up in healthcare money over the course of a year, what percentage of that is public money and what percentage of that is private coverage, say from the companies we
2: work for? Yeah, that's a good question, Jane. I think uh we we know that about 70% of what we spend in healthcare in this country is uh is covered publicly and 30% privately depends on the sector you look at spending in, but uh, overall, it's about a 70-30 split.
1: Okay. And why are we seeing a difference in the cost depending on province? And it would appear from your report online that Ontario is actually uh, the most cost-effective in terms of what's being spent on people here for health care.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, again, when you look country to country, everybody differs in how they deliver health care. We do it at least 13 different ways in this country. Jurisdictions or each province and territory is responsible for their own uh, citizens and how they deliver health care assist- healthcare to them. So there is variation in what the costs are within those jurisdictions based on how they decide who they're going to cover, what services they provide. Um, and, you know, some have some very large geographic areas they need to cover, like the territories. And, you know, then travel becomes a significant part of health care costs.
1: Well, this is certainly a topic that is near and dear to your heart. Our phone lines are jammed. 416 740 Toll free one 866 Let's go to Margaret in Kitchener. Margaret, what would you like to add?
4: Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I don't believe in OHIP. Uh, when it first came out, I didn't believe... I don't believe in anything that's compulsory. Anyway, I went to doctors. They managed to cripple me with that mesh stuff. And that was 15 years ago. And I will never, ever see another doctor again. They I'd crippled you with what? The
1: Margaret, they crippled you with what? The mesh. You've heard of the mesh? No, sorry, help me out. You've
4: never heard of that mesh that are crippled women?
1: Okay, so we're talking about, um, I know men have the mesh when they have a hernia operation, that kind of thing?
4: Yes. Right. But this is uh, for uh, lifting up the bladder okay. or sure. anything intestinal. Sure. And they fail to realize there's nerves down there. I haven't been able to walk for 15 years. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. But thank you. Um, so anyways, I, I've, I've been to the doctor after the operation, and I couldn't help but notice that they're not smart at all. They're, I know more than, than he did.
1: Okay, well, I I certainly understand why you're bitter. There's no doubt about that. Um, Let's get back here to Michael Hunt, one of the authors of the report just released by the Canadian Institute for Health Information. Margaret's comments um, certainly uh, would appear to be about an unusual situation, but it does bring to light, in terms of the $6,800 per person, how is that broken down? Like, what is that money spent on?
2: Well... Yeah, yeah, that's a good question Jane. I think if you sort of look at everything we deliver in healthcare, so we deliver long-term care, we deliver services um more on the private side for other professionals, OT, physio, uh dental um and and eye care. I mean, it's broken down significantly uh amongst a number of areas. We focus on the main three here, which are 60% of that spending is taken up in hospitals, uh, drugs, and physician billings.
1: Okay, well, Darko in Etobicoke has an even more specific question for you about that. Go ahead,
5: Darko. Yeah, like, you know, when you talk about total health care, obviously, when we die, a lot of people, that's when we incur a lot of our expense. They say the last three months is the most expensive in, the, in, the, in life. But, like, as far as, like, you know, what is what I call regular visits versus catastrophic care, what percentage of what we, pay is not 6800 Is it's 6, catastrophic, like bro- broken legs, stuff like that, you know, cancer and, and uh, you know, bypass surgery, which we consider catastrophic, versus you go to the, your doctor visits, because, like, you know, one thing, I hardly use anything, because i have been lucky, so yeah. I'm going to go for one or two a year visits, depending on, you know, for di- for different things, but, um I pay more for, like, say, chiropractic, which doesn't get covered here, or having a massage therapist, which I find helps my health mm-hmm. more than, than anything.
1: Okay, Darko, good question. Michael, I'll put that over to you. I'll let you go, Darko. Thank you. Okay.
2: Jane, I had a little hard time following that one. Could you summarize the question Well, I think what me?
1: he's asking is uh, catastrophic health care versus just regular health care in the course of a, of a healthy lifestyle over the course of a healthy Canadian's year.
2: Well, you know, I think when when you begin to look at health spending overall, you do, you know, it varies. And and there's no question it varies on disease burden, uh, and and that tends to do a lot of variation by age. So if you dig a little deeper sort of into the numbers, uh, we know that children less than one, consume about $11,000 a year. If you're over 65, you consume about $11,000 a year. If you start to push that sort of out into sort of those, the more uh, elderly, so in the 80 plus, it costs us about $20,000 a year to look after those individuals.
1: Okay, see, that's interesting. Uh, Now, as for costs of prescription drugs, another report its sort of a tandem report to what we've been talking about, reveals that just under 43% of prescribed medicine spending will be financed by the public sector this year, so presumably 57% is is covered by the public sector. How does that number fall in line with other countries, public versus private drug coverage?
2: Uh, we, have, we have an advantage in this country in that we have excellent data to work from. So we're actually able to break our numbers down like you say, we're able to divide them up. So those to get into those that sort of precision and compare to other countries, we're challenged to do that. And that's mainly because other countries don't collect the data to the same extent we do here in this country, which is a real advantage for us for decision-making. Like if you start to sort of, uh, you know, you can look at sort of the splits. And so if we look at, you know, a few of the countries and some of the ones we compare to, we begin to look at sort of that, Traditionally, Canada is a seventy thirty split. So, seventy percent of all costs are covered public money, thirty percent are covered private, and private is sort of out of your pocket. Plus, those those individuals who have third party coverage, perhaps through an employer, there are some countries where we know that splits twenty eighty. And the question is, the basket of services that you have in that eighty percent again may in fact cover drug coverage. So. I, you know it's uh, it 's an interesting look it 's one of those things you know we are talking about uh, sort of a national pharmacare program and and i 'm sure some of the considerations within that are do we shift to a twenty eighty uh, in terms of public private funding or do we stick with the seventy thirty there 's significant costs involved as you move away from sort of where we are now. <laughs>
1: Let's get back to the phones. 416 360 Toll free 1-866-744-740. Simon in Toronto, you have a question for our author, Michael Hunt.
6: Thank you very much for taking my call, uh, Jane. And by the way, you sound so much like Libby. Have you ever been told that?
1: We get that from time to time, but
6: <laughs> I'll take <laughs> that as a question. I'll take it as I'm a gonna, compliment. Thank I'm gonna you. I'm going to ask Michael. Um, I know Italy, uh, one of the countries, and I'm sure they're in your um, list of 38 that you mentioned. Their service delivery is very, very, very much like Canada's. I'm just wondering how we compare with them. And then uh, the second part of my question is um, is the population uh factored in in your study when uh, when you uh, tally up all the numbers
1: okay, good question simon thank you let 's get to uh, Michael with some answers for you
2: sure thanks simon that 's a great question i actually don 't have the Italian numbers in front of me. I can get them uh, i think uh, we but but I will tell you in the population so one of the things you 'll find is in our reports as we go through we 'll report the big numbers of 253 billion dollars to deliver health care in the country but we also focus ourselves on what we'll always call per capita or per person spending and when we get to the sixty eight hundred dollars per person because I think that adjusts for population and you do need to adjust for population in any of these reports Um, it gives a more accurate uh, look because some jurisdiction or some provinces uh, have, of course, greater population like Ontario or B.C. or Alberta than those jurisdictions who have more uh, sparsely populated areas, and the territories are a good example of that. But if we look at some of the western provinces and some in the east, we do adjust for population size, and it's important to do that.
1: I want to ask you, we were talking about the prescription drugs there, just as a follow-up to that question. Two out of the three drugs, of the top three drugs we're spending our money on as a nation, I found this interesting, are related to aging. Can you expand on that?
2: Uh, sure. I think uh, the whole, actually, the the drug report that we've released at the same time gives us a, an inside view on sort of where we are spending our money on, uh, what particular kinds of prescribed drugs we're spending our money on. the the shift uh now is towards uh biologicals uh, and more expensive drugs, which, which actually takes us to an interesting place. Um, if we're looking at sort of what we call anti-TNFs or those newer biologicals we use for, uh, rheumatoid arthritis or arthritic conditions or inflammatory conditions, they're quite expensive. Um, and I think the the issue becomes with some of those products and services is that we're probably not going to see the generic relief that we had seen with oral agents or easier agents to produce. Again, also there's two other products that kind of top the list in there. And one of those is for um, degenerative disease of the eyes, generally in the elderly, consuming a large portion of our increase in spending. And, and, you know, and, and thirdly, we have some new treatments for hepatitis C that we just really did not have before. And the antivirals we use for those, again, per treatment are, have a significant cost. And so some of those diseases more, uh, occur more often in the elderly, some not more, el- more often in the elderly. But we do know that some of those new biologicals across all age groups are beginning to creep in. And we are really going to have to continue to do reports like this to really understand the impact of the shift in those types of treatment. They're effective treatments. There's no question we should have access to them. What are their impact on our spending overall? We need to make sure we understand that.
1: I'd like to take just a couple of more calls here before we switch topics and uh, talk about the latest allegations at St. Mike's. Uh, We'll go to Joan in Orangeville first. Go ahead, Joan.
6: Oh, yes, thank you, uh, Jane, for taking my call and yes, you do sound like libby <laughs> um, the 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 call a couple uh, voices back the lady that had mesh put in her stomach yeah Boy, that really alarmed me because uh, why she said fifteen years she can't walk. I had a mesh put in my in my stomach abdomen area due to surgeries I've had and um three years ago next month and I'm still walking. I mean, I I wish she had elaborated more on that and, and said why, or has she not checked with the doctors, or was there an error or a bloop that was made?
1: Right, and certainly you'd want to follow up with your doctor about that, and maybe she has, but certainly we appreciate hearing a good news story with regards uh, to MESH and uh, issues around the health of older women. Thanks for calling in, Joan.
6: Oh, you're welcome. I listen every day. Thank Great. You. Good to
1: have you out there. Let's go to Rosie and Guelph. This will be our final call on this topic. Go ahead, Rosie.
6: Oh, Hello. This probably sounds kind of judgmental, but I think the costs are run up by people who go to emerge when they or their children have completely self-manageable illnesses. I'm talking about the common cold for Mm -hmm. which there's no cure, and gastroenteritis, the stomach flu, instead of just having some knowledge about this and taking care of it themselves. But having said that, I previously except for the last couple of years, I rarely went to the doctor, mostly just once a year for an annual physical because I took care of myself. Mm -hmm. But now I'm grateful for OHIP because of cancer surgery, um, chemotherapy, radiation, and treatments for the great many side effects I have.
1: How is uh, your
6: cancer therapy going? I'm finished with all the therapy I can get because I have advanced and aggressive cancer, but I'm, I don't know, I spend my time being grateful and trying to exercise, eat right, and manage my pain. Thank
1: you, Rosie. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. And Rosie, uh, that's a good way to end uh, our discussion here, Michael. Uh, Certainly, the healthcare system is there for us when we really need it.
2: Yes, uh, Jane, that's for sure. I mean, I, I think that's, that's the, uh, you know, the goal of all of us who make decisions in health care and, and decision makers within our, our own provinces and governments. We want to make sure that the system is funded uh, and delivers care when we need it.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. I found it very interesting. Thanks, Jean. Michael Hunt, one of the authors of a report just released by the Canadian Institute for Health Information on health care spending in this country.